11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Thursday, May 12th, 2022. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. The newly expanded Sitka Sound cruise ship terminal welcomed its first seven sailings last week, commencing what's expected to be a record-breaking year in cruise travel. While a majority of dockings went without a hitch, the terminal sustained damage to its inside berth on Monday after a cruise ship struck an outer mooring dolphin. A mooring dolphin is an offshore steel structure that large boats can tie up to. Owner and terminal manager Chris McGraw says the 2100-passenger Radiance of the Seas hit the dolphin, damaging all four pilings while backing it into its berth Monday morning. The damage to the inside berth means the dock can no longer safely accommodate two ships, effectively cutting the dock's capacity in half. McGraw says they're currently working to notify incoming cruise lines. So until it's fixed, uh, we won't be able to berth any ships on our on the inside. It will affect future dates in which we had two ships scheduled. Um, we've notified them, and currently work, they're working with the various cruise lines that will be affected. While it's unclear exactly what the damage means for future cruise dates, McGraw says tendering passengers directly into town is a possibility in the meantime. You know, before the dock was built, ships tendered, uh, so they would anchor... Uh, in one of the anchorages near downtown Sitka and utilize their tenders for bringing passengers into downtown. Multiple ships this year are already doing that because the dock was full. A contractor from Anchorage-based construction company Turnigan Marine will begin repairing the damaged dolphin over the weekend. McGraw says the timeline on repairs is unclear, but it could be anywhere from weeks to months before the berth is functional again. Right now, it's just a lot is a lot is unknown. You know, I'm work, working to try to figure out you know schedule changes and repairs and who pays for it, all of that is is in process. Despite damaging the berth, the ship was left unscathed. McGraw says they successfully had 4,000 passengers move through the facility on Monday, and the ship was able to moor and leave safely. Attacks on cannabis products could come before Sitka voters this fall. Sitka's assembly voted Tuesday on first reading to put the question on the municipal ballot. If approved, the new tax revenue would go toward the Student Activities Fund. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. The new measure would eliminate the standard city sales tax on cannabis and replace it with a marijuana tax that would increase gradually over the next three years, from 6% to 10%. The proceeds would benefit the Sitka School District's Student Activities Fund, which pays for travel, supplies, and other expenses. The Assembly considered a similar ballot question in 2021, but it failed on a split vote at the Assembly table. Michelle Cleaver owns Weed Dudes, a local dispensary. She objected when the Assembly considered taxing marijuana products last year, too. She said the new tax would be unreasonable. COVID happened. We lost our tourists. Uh, And that was 2020, 2021. We had the PPPs. We had all the assistance programs. But the marijuana people were not uh, allowed to, to work with any of those programs. So we didn't get any utility assistance, any payroll assistance. We had to go through it alone. Assemblymember Rebecca Hemshoot challenged the idea that COVID had disproportionately hurt the cannabis industry. They paid more taxes to the city in 2020 than they did in 2019. So the idea that they experienced the losses that others experienced during COVID is, in Sitka, not true. Teachers and coaches spoke in support of the new marijuana consumers tax. Jeremy Strong coaches track and cross country at Sitka High School. He said the cost to participate in sports is prohibitive for families and hoped that the new tax could offset some of the expense. 
you get a student athlete who runs cross country, does basketball or swimming and wrestling, and they do multiple sports throughout the year, you know, some families can end up paying five five thousand dollars just to participate and give their kids that opportunity. Um, you know, if there's ways to to lessen that burden on families, uh, I'm all for it. Assemblymember Crystal Duncan wanted to know how the fund would be used to ensure students who need financial aid get the support they need and how the assembly could guarantee that. And paragraph after paragraph said that this is going to be more accessible, but we're basically handing over money saying figure out what to do with it. We also know that that fund is not just for travel. It is used to pay for things like referees. It's used to pay for um, a director's fee. All of those are very valid reasons, but I don't know how that gets us to the point of the goal for this memo is to bring about opportunity to students who need it. The district already budgets around $270,000 for student activities, and that covers everything from officials and referee fees to athletics travel and other supplies and expenses. The program already provides some scholarships. Activities director Rich Krupa said they would likely continue to use free and reduced lunch data to determine student need. Assemblymember Hemshute said in an ideal world, student activities would be 100% free to all students who want to participate. So that would be the ideal. And this takes us uh, some pretty significant steps in that direction. And again, it's going to be up to the district. And the, the beauty of working with a partner like the school district is they know their students. Mayor Stephen Eisenbeis was the lone vote against the cannabis tax. He said he wasn't sure that the assembly could guarantee that the tax would provide additional revenue to the school district. Eisenbeis said he was concerned that the tax revenue would simply replace funding the assembly had already set aside for schools. At this point, without a guarantee that this will be supplemental and in addition to, while I love putting things in front of the voters, um, I cannot support this as written. The cannabis tax passed on a six to one vote. It will come before the assembly for a second reading on May 24th. If it makes it through the assembly's process, it will go to the voters for a final decision in the October 4th municipal election. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. Last week, a crew of researchers set out on a mission to find the wreck of a cannery ship that sank in southeast Alaska over 100 years ago. As KSTK's Sage Smiley reports, the process of trying to find and identify a shipwreck involves a lot more than just looking in the water. Thirty years ago, off the jagged cliff shores of Coronation Island in southern southeast Alaska, Gig Decker and a couple of friends, working with their nonprofit, the Southeast Preservation Divers, found an anchor chain about 70 feet underwater. When we first uh, ran across the chain, it was obvious on the sounder that we had found it. I mean, it was very, very distinctive. Not just any anchor chain. And, you know, I felt 80-90% sure that it was the chain from the Bengal. The Star of Bengal was an iron-hulled 270-foot cannery vessel that went down in a storm in 1908, killing over 100 people. Most of them were cannery workers from China, Japan, and the Philippines. And so I went down and had a chance to go to the anchor and then follow the chain to the wreck. So I was, I was really happy to be able to be the first one, I thought, in 100 years that had seen it. Decker and the Southeast Preservation Divers had been searching for the wreck in hopes of revisiting its history and registering it as a historic site. It was a huge thrill. I mean, it, you know, I, I can only think of a couple of things in my life that, that really did it for me, and uh, that was definitely one of them. Decker became interested in shipwreck diving over the course of his 38 years as a commercial harvest diver. 
So I had a, a chance to cover many, many miles of the coastline, and I ran into all kinds of variety of wrecks, from ancient wrecks to gill netters and trollers and sport boats. And the whole business of shipwrecks is always really fascinating. Very, you know, um, kind of a mysterious thing. And for me, uh, I, I'm very interested in history, particularly Alaska history, and shipwrecks kind of embody a tangible aspect of history, and particularly if they're grave sites, which a lot of them are. Decker has spent decades researching the Star of Bengal wreck, and while he says he's almost sure what he saw on the seabed was the Bengal, there's still quite a bit left to do before he can be certain. The next step I've always known is to get out there with a bottom mapping system to where we can do a three, 3D model of the wreck itself, the cove and the entry to it, and then most importantly having a state-certified underwater archaeologist out there to claim that it, it was in fact the Bengal. And after that, we can go on for a larger investigation of the wreck. That process started May 6th, as an eight-person research crew set out from Wrangell aboard the Alaska Endeavor and headed for the site of the wreck. Part of their investigation is finding out where precisely the wreck is located. Decker dove what he believed to be the site more than 30 years ago and didn't have GPS mapping. This time, they're taking a more high-tech approach. Sean Adams is in charge of the expedition's arsenal of sonar equipment, aerial drones, and a device known as a magnetometer, which senses iron, useful when looking for an iron ship. It's a perfect target for the magnetometer. So, can you just cruise through and send out the gizmo and boom, there's the ship? Is it going to be easy? Um, it's, it is very complicated. The magnetometer is light enough to be mounted on a drone and flown in a grid to try and sense the location of a wreck like the Bengal. Adam says it's typically used for detecting unexploded bombs or artillery shells buried under the ground. In this case, he's hoping it could point the crew in the general direction of the wreck. So you're not going to get as detailed uh, or a high definition target, so the smaller targets are not going to show up as well. But um, it seems to be a very good magnetometer, and this is kind of a new use for it. Oh. Experimental. Test drive, yeah. For Decker, the commercial diver who thinks he found the Bengal three decades ago, the search is not just about finding a sunken ship. It's about correcting the historical record. There's people, we can't bring them back, you know, but we, we can get the story straight that they didn't die in the hold because they're hiding. They were very courageous people to put themselves in the position they did, and they were murdered by cowardness. The researchers plan to share their findings with the public when they return. In Wrangell, I'm Sage Smiley. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. And now taking a quick look at the weather for Sitka for today, Thursday, May 12th, 2022. Partly cloudy, patchy fog in the morning, highs 52 to 58, light winds. Good morning.